0: Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their
1: story.
2: We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour.
0: I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio.
2: And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog The Bitter Lemon and author of many books. We are so happy you're here.
0: Hi, Holly.
1: Hello.
0: How goes it?
2: It's going. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. Same
0: here. Sorry, I look kind of gross. I uh, just finished cooking for the week.
2: Oh, what did you make?
0: This week, we're having stuffed bell peppers for dinner, and for lunch, we're having um uh <laughs> Derek classic it's called quinoa bullshit um, uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like quinoa and chicken and then whatever spin on it I wanna do um, yeah, so this time it's a uh, Greek quinoa bullshit,
2: so what's in
0: that um like Kalmata olives. Oh, okay. And I, I diced up some bell peppers, like the tops of the bell peppers from the dinner, you know, put that yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. And then um, just made like some Greek dressing and mixed it in there. And then I have like some vegan feta that I like that I sprinkle on top and some tomatoes.
2: Okay. Do you usually like um, meal prep like that?
0: Yes. So Wesley and I alternate weeks typically, and this was one of the ways that I knew that, like, we would work long term because <laughs> we're both happy eating the same thing for lunch and dinner during okay. the week, like Monday yeah. through Friday. Like, that doesn't bother us. It bothers a lot of people. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what we do is we meal prep on Sundays, alternating weeks, and just make the meals for the entire week.
2: Yeah. Yeah okay
0: ideally I do enjoy cooking so like if I actually had the time I would cook dinner every night do not have the time to do that anymore so
2: yeah it's that's definitely something I enjoy doing like I I like cooking dinner and then maybe having leftovers enough for like one or two meals but I feel you like that especially like with my schedule like I most of the time need to eat like as soon as I come home so I don't have to wait like two hours while I cook and clean something.
0: Right, exactly.
2: But the retail store where I work is basically undergoing a huge renovation like it's oh yeah it's pretty much like one step like one step above like a total demolition like it's getting new everything and it starts tomorrow like we're recording on Sunday it starts Monday um but they already like of course like this week at work um they were doing a lot of prep like for it which means like we were doing a lot of prep the employees yeah and it's it's kind of one of those things where like I'm a curious person about a lot of stuff. So it's interesting to see like the contractors come in with the blueprints and like, what are we going to have to do for all of this? But it's, it's so much moving things around. Like it's all these beauty products. I mean, who knows how many, like there's thousands upon thousands of units of beauty products in that store. And it's like, all of those have to be transferred from like when you go into a store and there's aisles, like at our store, it's all there's aisles with shelves, but on, on the shelf is a display for every brand, every Mm -hmm. whatever. And then the units like fit into that display. And so the first part of this renovation is us transferring all those displays onto like a baker's rack So this week they delivered like 60 baker's racks that basically like we have to put all this stuff on them because all the shelves, the floor, the walls, all that is being ripped up and thrown in the trash pretty much. And it's like, then we're just going to be moving stuff because they're not, which this honestly seems like a mistake to me, but what do I know? I think they should just transport all these rolling racks to a storage unit because we're going to spend so much time moving the racks. Yeah. To follow the construction, basically, Mm -hmm. and like it just there's no room. Like it's crazy. So this weekend and this week we were work like we were working and helping customers find things on these rolling racks. My God. Which felt like. I was working in a garage sale. Like I don't know where anything <laughs> <evening> is. Like
0: <laughs> That sounds awful.
2: So not only is that going on, but this was the first week in I think since holiday I worked 34 hours this week.
0: Damn. Okay.
2: I didn't really realize. Like I think I was thinking about it when I went to work this morning. You know, during this whole time like working retail not having like an ideal job, my brain has done me a lot of favors and I think I've just not thought about it. a lot of yeah. you know, daily life, you know? And I don't I try not to think about my schedule and I even put boundaries on like conversations with my mom and my friends and I said like you can no longer ask me like when are you working what time is because I feel like that consumes my life like shift work and I don't want it to consume my conversations you know yeah. So I never know like how many, I don't keep track of how many hours I work a week. I just show up whenever I'm supposed to show up. And then, but then at the end of the week, it tells you, you know, so you can kind of expect just what, what's going to be on your paycheck. And when it said 34 hours, I was like, oh my God, that's why I'm so like, I feel physically <laughs> and mentally drained. I like, woke. I had just woken up from like a two hour nap when you text me and I have to be at work at 6am tomorrow. So I'm like, I'm going to have to eat. And then pretty much go back to bed because I have to be up and at work in less than 12 hours. So I'm feeling it right now. However, I am almost finished with my Dawson's Creek journey. If I hadn't have had to work so much this weekend, I would be (laughs) gone. But... (laughs) For a while there, I was watching a season every like every two days. Like I That's amazing. Didn't have it on all the time. So now I'm at the beginning of season six, which yeah. is the last season. And I will I will say I feel like season three and four, like I was getting into it. Like I made popcorn for the season finale. I was like, oh my gosh, this show is so good because of a few things I I think I've started to realize stuff about myself when it comes to like content consumption. Like I really love like high school dramas, mm-hmm. whether it's like mm-hmm. in a book or a movie. I think, I think I just went to a high, I went to high school during that time. Yeah. Like And then I loved like those high school, like she's all that and how to lose a guy, like, or not how to lose a guy, but 10 things I hate about you, Mm -hmm. all those movies. And then I just still love them, even though I'm far from high school. Like, I love that stuff. So this is like high school drama. It's also in like a harbor town, I guess is what you would call it, which I am like a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why I like watching Hallmark movies. And I also feel like it's like Abercrombie and Fitch as a mo- as a show because like they're all wearing that stuff like they're yeah. they're because they're living in that like Bay Town and they're in high school so they're all like a walking Abercrombie ad, which I just <laughs> love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely was not watching it whenever it was airing, and haven't yeah. watched it. But you did inspire me because I do enjoy high school shows too. For some reason, I guess it's nostalgia. I think um, it is. Yeah. I started rewatching Pretty Little Liars, so
2: <laughs> someone told me that I needed to watch. I've never watched that.
0: Oh, you should! It's actually very good. Yeah, I would love
2: that. I should watch it.
0: I would love to just hear your guesses on who A is. Like A is like the the bad character during the whole show. And it's always a mystery of who A is, kind of like in Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. Like, yeah, yeah I was like, who's Gossip Girl? It was like, who's A? And I would just love to hear your theories about who A is if you if you start watching it. So please keep me updated.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, I've already been instructed, like, next, I'm watching Felicity. Did you ever watch that?
0: That's right. You told me that. I haven't. No.
2: That one is, I feel like, more college-based, but, like, I'm here yeah. for that as well. Mm-hmm. Any um, campus... Uh, Storyline. I'm here yeah. for that, but you know, I'm enjoying it because I really haven't like. I was like telling my friend that I was watching Dawson's Creek and how like I was really getting into it, and she was like, "There's just nothing quite like being sucked into a television show," and I'm like, "Yeah, I agree with that." Or mm-hmm. like a book, like it's really nice to have a little bit of an escape.
0: Yeah, it's the whole point. Yep. yeah Outside of cooking, I guess. I do have some pride classes coming up. We were talking about pride earlier
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: kind of is a good segue into our guest for this week. Yeah. Um, but I have a pride class at Ashwell. Um, are you familiar with that place? <laughs> it's like a um, I think it's called Ashwell Sexual Health and Wellness Clinic. Um, it's kind of like trans focused. Okay. It's what actually one of the organizations that the Ride for AIDS funds. You know how the Ride for AIDS is an annual fundraiser to fund nonprofits um, for the LGBT community. This is one of them. And I connected with them through the Chamber of Commerce, and we're doing a Pride class on Wednesday evening this week. So I'm looking forward to that. What time? From 5 to 7. They... Apparently Wednesday evenings are kind of like when they do a lot of drop-ins, you know, because it's like an open, like free clinic type of situation.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So we're doing. I'm going to be set up doing yoga for like whoever's dropping in and whoever wants to do yoga, you know, kind of thing.
1: Wow, that's cool.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I bought some really colorful yoga mats for it. <laughs> like I have like bright pink and purple uh-huh. and like blue and green. Um. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm trying to get some more pride. I do have one other pride class scheduled for like a workplace. It's an online thing toward the end of the month. Um, We did a pride class for them last year and we're doing it again.
2: That's cool. I put a pride bucket list in my
1: Etsy
2: shop and I am not a rainbow washer, I am donating all of the <laughs> proceeds to Hope in a Box, which yep. we talked with them on our last season. Because when I asked you, like, what charity do you think would be good? That was your suggestion, which I did think of them. It's just crazy that there's so many. There's so many, yeah. Um, I think I read recently that there's currently 541 active bills um, that are anti trans or anti LG, like basically anti LGBTQ yeah. right now. And yep. so my initial thought was benefiting human rights, but it's like there's just so much and it all trickles down to other causes too. So that one benefits Hope in a Box and I'll keep it up and it will, I'll keep it up all year and it will benefit always. But I also was really trying to be conscious about the items on the list because. I think part of pride, at least for people that are allies, should be just supporting organizations mm-hmm. and not just wearing rainbow makeup like yeah that it go, that does a little bit of good, but there's just so much work to be done. I think you know, I read a lot about the history of pride like the past couple of years, and it's like we've definitely come a long way, but there's also a long way to go, so
1: yeah,
0: there's clearly a lot of tension out there right now um mm-hmm. it's kind of i mean that we had the conversation actually in this episode with coach cub um john fisher mm-hmm. i've i kind of forgot the conversation we had with him because it was so long ago but we kind of talked about how we kind of got comfortable you know yeah. leading kind of that basically like in the obama era we got comfortable you know because like there was a lot more support for everyone, yeah. Um, and then ever since 2016, basically we've been back in fight mode, you know. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're fighting back, you know, with with all this legislation. And that was kind of part of our conversation in there. But
2: well, I think um, when we talked to John, if I'm not mistaken, like the whole bounty on drag queens, like I feel mm-hmm. like that just started, like right before we got yeah. on with him. I think that day was when Tennessee announced, like we're not we're not doing drag shows so
0: I think it was whenever Texas did it that day yeah Tennessee was before yeah yeah
2: because when we told him we were in living in Texas so we're like uh yep it's it's like embarrassing honestly it's embarrassing to when I when we talk to people that live in more progressive states and we're like we live in Texas I'm like gosh this sucks (laughs) <laughs> well, it's
0: so frustrating because like, you know, I was in Louisiana for almost my entire life and that's how I always felt. And like, yeah, you know, I finally got out of it, but now I'm back in it. I feel like, you know, like goddamn oh. it.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Coach Cubs episode was so special. It was really nice to go back and listen to it. Um so full of laughs and just his story was really awesome, you know, just just getting to re-listen to his stories. So I'm excited for people to hear it and then, you know, just learn more about the bear community, you know, because I feel like whenever most people think about the gay community, they're, you know, more thinking about the, you know, polished, fashionable GBF kind of situation. Um and so it was it was fun to to hear him talk about the bear community again and just What he's doing in the wellness space, because, you know, wellness has become such like an overused phrase. And I really appreciated a lot of the conversations we had around, you know, wellness that wasn't always like, you know, making yourself look good. It's making yourself feel good. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, pretty much everyone we talk to is a testament to how you can just make your own path. But I feel like him. like what he's doing is so different, which is probably why he's successful. But, um, it's that that to me is what's so cool about it is like he truly found like a niche audience, and like that's that's what he's doing.
0: It is very cool, yeah. I I saw his on his Instagrams today, he's promoting the so they have Camp Bear Hug coming up in July, which Uh I think I'm pretty sure that's full at this point. And I saw that he had two spots left for the camp bear hug and September, which is the one that's more wine focused. And I was like, Oh, I wish I could go. So that'll be like one of my future goals to go to the wine focused one. Um, yeah. That would
2: be so fun. Yeah,
0: only two spots left, but you know, he's doing great. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for everyone to hear it.
1: Um, Coach Cub, John Fisher is
0: phenomenal and enjoy. <laughs> Coach
1: Cub! Howdy, how's it going?
0: Good, how are you?
3: I'm well, yeah, I'm excited to, to meet you both.
0: I know, I feel like we already know each other, but this is the first time we've actually met.
3: <laughs> I know, that's the funny thing about social media, it's like, yeah. you see everyone's videos and posts for so long, and then, yeah, it's interesting to finally meet this way, so,
2: Yeah. You have a nice uh, background for this.
3: Do I? I feel like it's <clears throat> I feel like it's so chaotic. <laughs> it's like there's like wigs
1: <laughs>
0: and
3: liquor and <laughs> whenever I have to run like or see clients, I need to blur the background because I'm like, I can't have a bar behind me.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. Um I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, so John, who was Coach Cub, started following me on Instagram, right? I think you followed me first, and you were like, I love what you're doing at the studio. And then we kind of just became pen pals after that, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. I'm like <clears throat> blanking on, yeah, the the order of all of it. But I think that's how it went.
0: Yeah, that is the beautiful thing about social media. Because you're in New York, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, so it's like, how would we have ever met otherwise? Because Holly and I are in Austin.
3: Oh, okay, get out. <clears throat> I don't know what like where in the world I pictured you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would
0: love to know where where you thought we were. Um, like the Midwest <laughs> in my head. I don't know why. Okay, No, that's where I wish I was.
2: <laughs> Probably did not picture us in a state that just put a bounty on drag queens.
3: Oh my God! I, God, yeah, the, the world. Yeah, I'm like I'm riled. I'm ready to fight.
2: Yeah, we ride at dawn.
1: <laughs> we, we Snaps, ride we're well. snatching
3: snatch wigs like. <laughs> Yeah, it feels it does, it just feels like an all out affront front on the queer mm-hmm. community. It's it's uh it's not shocking because we've all lived through it before, but it's like I think we got used to like a little bit of a lull there.
0: Yeah, we did get used to a little bit of a lull. Um leading up to 2016, I suppose. Uh, and then that kind of <laughs> yeah, changed yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, I figured after the Tennessee thing happened, it was only a matter of time until Texas was like Look what we could do too, you know. God, so yeah. yeah. But I did spend a few years in Iowa in the Midwest and did very much enjoy it. Um, so okay. I call myself a Midwesterner at heart, and Holly's from the Midwest originally. So
2: yeah, I grew up in Indiana. Okay, yeah.
0: so I was <clears> that wasn't far off.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: where uh, are you originally from, John?
3: Connecticut. So like same okay. kind of like Northeast.
0: There you, there you go. I'm a Louisiana boy, so.
3: <laughs> I feel like do you, do you all think about like the Northeast is just like a cluster of tiny little states that you you won't bother to memorize?
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm just like, I don't know where Connecticut and Rhode Island and Delaware, are like, I have no idea where
1: that
2: was. <laughs> which yeah, I which one like, is which? <laughs> I have like this image in my mind of Connecticut. And the only reason that I ever had an image in my mind is because I'm a John Mayer fan and that's where he's from. So yeah. I have this image in my mind of like Connecticut suburbia. It's probably super off, but... That's the image I
3: have. <laughs> it's probably partially accurate for like certain areas. Yeah. And, and I know people who went to high school with him.
2: Yeah. it's oh, always, wow.
3: Yeah. So it's,
2: it's always like funny when someone brings it up or like when I go to a John Mayer concert and meet people from Bridgeport and I'm like, wow. When it's like probably just like any other <laughs> place. Yeah,
3: yeah. Especially Bridgeport. <clears throat> yeah. It's like there's a few really hard cities, you know, like New Haven even is, it always ranks like higher than Baltimore in terms of like per capita murders and stuff.
0: Yeah.
3: And then Bridgeport's not so great, but then I think he grew up in Fairfield. So it's like, there are those, you know, uh, stereotypical wealthy Connecticut towns as well.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
3: yeah. You just picture everyone running down the halls of their high school.
1: For sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, first up is the most important question. What are you drinking?
3: Okay, I, so, okay, was this meant to be, it's a happy hour, so we meant to be drinking Correct. alcohol? Yeah. Okay, I was worried about that all day, because I just had a weekend where I'm like, I'll never drink again.
0: Like, Sure, yeah.
3: Full on, like, yeah, I don't go out that much, and I had a friend in from the UK, and we were like. Okay, that'll do it. Yeah. I went hard for, like, he was here for, like, two nights, and he was gone for a little bit and came back for a few nights so I was out to like 3 a.m. on Saturday, you know, at the Eagle oh in New York. So it was the scene. I'm like, I can't drink for so long. And then I was like, wait, that, but this is called the happy hour. So anyway, long story short, I'm drinking a hydration pack, which is like,
1: <laughs> yes. like I'm on like a two or three day hangover. <laughs> that's,
0: You're excused.
1: We've got super
0: guests on.
2: Honestly, I almost drank, did the exact same thing because I, Derek and I went out last week and I had like a mental hangover like I felt physically fine but I was hating myself mentally Uh and I was like damn it and then I went out again Friday and I like never go out Uh and I went to someone's if you haven't felt old yet today I went to someone's 21st birthday party Friday night and I was like I didn't I didn't drink too much because of what happened earlier in the week. But still, even today, I'm like,
3: oh, well, <laughs> what, yeah, what is everyone else drinking?
2: OK, this is actually a stray from my usual. I'm having a Chardonnay. I'm not awesome. a Chardonnay girl. Usually the only type of Chardonnay I like is if it's like un-oaked. I don't like oak usually like Mm -hmm. in white wine anyway Mm. um but i saw this is like one that i got from wink which i always read the reviews and people said it was really light so i was like okay i'm gonna get it because i don't like eliminating options i don't like saying oh no chardonnay so this one's light i had a sip of it before we started and it's pretty good what are you you got your red wine
0: can you see it it's yeah. The fat, fat bastard. Oh. <laughs> so I I've had this one before, but I haven't had it in a long time. And it's vegan. What
2: is it? A Pinot?
0: It is a Pinot Noir. Yeah. That's what usually what I what I try to do. Um, and it's vegan because John background on me is I have a dairy allergy. And sometimes like wines are processed with casein, which is the milk protein. And of course, it doesn't say it on the label, the ingredients, anything like that. So, for a while, I was like getting like weird hangovers for not drinking that much wine. And I drank a lot of wine. Oh, my husband just pulled up. So the dog was barking. Um, Holly Tom bought about a dairy allergy. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I actually didn't know the whole thing about the vegan wines until I think I went to a winery and they were saying like, yeah, wine is definitely not vegan unless it says it. I'm like, oh gosh, I guess there's all sorts of like animal, whether it's like, I don't want to say aminos, because that may not be right. But in the aging process, I guess they added in, which is crazy.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I would never even think that.
2: No. Yeah.
3: There is a, there's a wine company that I'm trying to link up with called Dry Hill, Dry Farm Wines rather.
2: Oh yeah, Chris Cavallari had like a collab with them.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I've, I have some friends who are like affiliates with them and I'm going to try to do that as well. Yeah. Um, But that may be a good option for just like,
2: you know, old,
3: old world, like organic wines that are probably produced different than in the U.S.,
2: Yeah, I actually got, um, she did some sort of like holiday thing Mm. where you could buy like three wines. I think it was like $100 and they were all so good. But yeah, it's like no sugar added. So you're not supposed to get like a hangover from it.
0: Mm. That's the kind of wines I like, like no sugar added. And I mean, it doesn't have to be organic, but obviously vegan for, you know, my dietary purposes. I'm not vegan like, you know, for the food I eat, Holly is actually but I guess not always for the wine. So are you a real vegan, Holly?
2: I know. I'm like a cheater vegan. There, there, are, um, there are actually several vegan options um, from the place that I order from. But it's it's obviously not as many as like the whole Yeah, site.
0: It's um, shocking how many wines are not vegan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I feel like I probably know a lot of vegans who drink wine not even knowing... Oh, I'm sure that there's case case it's casein in it.
0: So a lot of times the wines are either finished with that or with eggs. Mm -hmm.
1: Really? Eggs?
0: Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Technically I'm sensitive to eggs as well. Not allergic, but sensitive. So I'm just screwed either way.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Why not beer? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because I like my wine. Mm, Um, Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's your lesson for today. You can go pop some bubbles on your vegan friends. If if I
3: were drinking, uh, I would be, I'd be having tequila. That's my drink.
0: Okay, okay. Perfect.
3: Oh, my God. I'm like, I picked the wrong day to come on your podcast. I'm right, sweating. now you're like... I'm, I'm, I'm still sweating, it. like tequila. <laughs> I like, last night I dropped my friend off at, the, at JFK, the airport, and like, you know, he was a big, a, a big drinker from the UK, so I was trying to keep up with him. Yeah. And I was like, I love him, but I'm like, oh my gosh, he's gotta go home. Like,
1: yeah.
3: and I drove home, like <laughs> took a bath for like an hour and just like fell asleep. I'm like, I can't do this anymore.
0: I love that. Well, that's a good segue into wellness, right? Cause wellness comes in a lot of different fashions. So I, I would just love to hear, cause I don't entirely know, you know, your story. Who is Coach Cub? And, and uh, what was your journey to wellness like? So, oh, who
3: is Coach Cobb? So, so basically, I, like I was telling you, I grew up in Connecticut. I, probably like most people in the world, had a pretty dysfunctional childhood. You know, just like a lot of, you know, chaos. And I was considered like a bad kid, so I just get in a lot of trouble. I'll, I'll tell people now things that I used to do, and they're like... I can't imagine you doing stuff like I've been arrested a few times. I used to get suspended, like sold drugs, you know, so I was like really kind of lost. Yeah. Um, and I was very destructive. So I like smoked cigarettes since, since I was like 10 or 11 until my (laughs) twenties just so just like, no, yeah, just kind of a lost soul. And, um, and then I came out at 22. And at that point, like, I was really pushing my sexuality down, uh, like I wouldn't see it. My dad came out, went to my family when I was 10.
0: So it was like dad my dad came out to your family?
3: Yeah. So like my parents got a of my dad came out, you wow. know, it was the nineties. So it was not it yeah. was sort of fun. Um, so, so I think that just kind of like, sh- I shoved all my stuff down during that period. Huh. And then when I came out at 22, it was like, it wasn't like I came out of the closet. It was like, I allowed my brain to say like, you're gay. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like started over life. It was just kind of like I, I assessed my whole life at that point, saw how destructive I was. And at like 22, 23, it was just like, how do I take care of myself? Like, I'm, I have no idea. <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is, like, right before I came out, um, I think subconsciously my body was getting prepared for something. Mm-hmm. Which happens, you know, when you have like you know something's mm-hmm. coming up, even though you haven't like thought through it. So out of nowhere, I like quit quit doing drugs, quit drinking, started going to the gym, like really fully prepared my my mind and my body to like have this big, you know ber- like messy birth period of coming out. <laughs> and then that just got me on a journey of like the last you know fifteen years of trying to improve my mental health and learn how to take care of myself. And, um, and that led me to, uh, like my late twenties, I was working for a job in politics that I didn't like. I was, had tons of anxiety, tons of insomnia, like a real mental health mess, but was in that period of like you know, green smoothies will save your life. And, you know, like all this silver bullet stuff that you get from the wellness industry. Mm-hmm. So I like would be up all night, not sleeping with insomnia, but then I'd be making green smoothies and, you know, going to the farmer's market thinking I'm curing my my body. And then eventually uh, resigned from a job that was causing me a lot of stress in my late 20s and had no plan. It was like, I I left a job, had nothing lined up. And it was a scenario where it's like, you know, what what would you do if you're not getting paid? So I was just like home, (laughs) listening to podcasts on health and wellness and then self-improvement. At at that point, I was training for the New York City Marathon. So I was like really getting into just kind of like, you know, testing things out my body and seeing some results and stuff. And and at that point thought, you know, what if I can do this for other people as a job? So that kind of led me to become a a certified uh, health and wellness coach as I entered my thirties and then coach cub appeared as I niched down to work with bears, you know, guys in the mm-hmm. bear community and over the last eight years have been coaching one-on-one for bears. Um, And then I started kind of like a social group that led to like classes, bear yoga, cuddle piles, massage events, workshops, and then built on like a podcast and then retreats and stuff like that. So it's been like, You know, a a journey of just kind of like discovering kind of like what offerings my community wants and what would benefit them.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And that led me here. Now I'm, I left, well, I got let go from a job in the summer of this past year. I've worked for two different um, healthcare training schools and left the job. And I was like, I don't ever want to work for anyone ever again. So I've just been, like for the last six months, like really pushing my business and trying to make it uh, sustainable.
0: Mm. And here I am. Yeah, I would imagine in New York, that's often an easy feat, right?
1: No. Yeah, yeah. It's hard no. enough to get by if you have like a, a good
3: paying job. So, yeah, figuring out some stuff uh, to make it work.
0: Sorry. I was going to say, whenever you left your job, the political job, were you in New York at that time?
3: Yeah. <clears throat> so wow, I've been in New that York. took some balls. Yeah. That's, so, like, I've been in New York for, mm, like, 13 years. Um And okay. that was probably, like, nine or ten years ago. And, yeah, everyone around me was, like, you know, people project things onto you. So, people were, like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I can't imagine not working. And I just trusted my intuition. You know, I was just, like, this is what I should be doing. Like, I need yeah. I need to step away. Um and and I was even further validated, like, probably two months after I left that job, uh, a company that had contract in my organization reached out and were like, we'll hire you directly. We'll pay you, like, double basically what I was making at uh, the time I quit. And I was just like, no. And I had no money, but I was just like, no, I'm, I cannot go back, you know, go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's been... Uh, there's been some tight moments, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like you—you know—you could typically figure out how to survive if you have some street smarts and stuff.
2: I'm curious about when you said, um, you know, your body was kind of preparing for you, like kind of meant you're mentally coming out and you quit smoking and you were sort of, where did you get your idea of wellness? Like, was your family into like fitness or like, where did you think till it just like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing this or I should be doing that.
3: Yeah, that's, Ooh, that's a good question. I have not thought too much about, um, Hmm. I mean, I grew, so like I did grow up playing soccer and doing sports and stuff. So like, okay. I, you know, I was destructive, but I was athletic, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, and, and, and in hindsight, like I used to skateboard and rollerblade and, and I was really good, but I was considered like a punk. But now that I look back, I'm like, no, I would go out skating all, all day. And like, you know, it was a, such a workout Yeah. and persevering, like trying tricks and falling. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was so I'm trying to change my mindset around like or my view of who i was as a child mm-hmm. um but i think I think for the most part, um you know, my dad had some level of like health and wellness ideas in him that were you know were a little bit scattered, but like I'm pretty sure back then he was into yoga and maybe went to the gym, and there was never a real focus on like healthy eating necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I think I was just grasping at straws. I'm just like, okay, what do you do if you're trying to get healthy? I like, I think my dad had a trainer, so I got a trainer and yeah. you know, I, I think at that point I had some friends of mine from high school who were getting into kind of like the green smoothie, you know, mm-hmm. wellness type stuff. Um,
1: yeah.
3: Kundalini yoga, that type of thing. But okay. so I probably just got little bits and pieces from them. Um, but I was starting from scratch. I mean, I was like, I don't think I ate salad. I was like 21. (laughs) I was such a picky eater. You know, I would get drunk all the time. I'd smoke cigarettes. I was like just eliminating some things was a good first start. Just like, let's Mm -hmm. not get so drunk and let's like get into a gym once or twice a week. You know, that was like a big forward step for me.
2: I just think it's interesting because I know for me personally, like when I think back about growing up, like I, I was in dance, like with my school. So I knew some stuff about like working out, but I mean, we weren't really coached on like a healthy diet and like my family. I mean, we definitely ate fast food like a ton, but that was like, not, I mean, times were different, obviously. Like, um, I just think it's interesting to think back about the choices, like We made during that time when you're like maybe 17, 18, going into like your early 20s, like your wellness choices before you actually like knew much about it.
3: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's embarrassing thinking. back. (laughs) I mean, even even through my 20s, you know, it's like because you think you know everything and you're pontificating. And I think there's some ego stuff involved of like, I know how to. So, you know, yeah. I know how to eat right. And I'm going to, you know, tell people like, you know, the first few years of me doing all this, like I, I wouldn't want to revisit because I'm like, oh, no, I like
2: I, I probably told Derek this, but like because Derek and I re-met and like we're like re kind of kindling our friendship at a gym. And so mm-hmm. wellness is like kind of a part of our friendship. But prior to me, like really cracking down on my fitness, I had like a nine to five job and I would pretty much every week I would make myself dinner by putting just like chicken breast in a crock pot and dumping a bottle of salad dressing in that. And that is like what I would eat, and I thought I was like the pinnacle of health. <laughs>
3: You're like skinny girl chicken.
2: Right, I'm like What's, chicken <laughs> breast in a bottle of Italian dressing. Bam, <laughs> good to go.
0: <laughs> What's so funny about that is I would do the same thing, except I would do it on the George Foreman. Do, do you remember the George Foreman?
1: Oh okay, yeah. I would
0: cook chicken breast on the George Foreman and just pour Italian dressing on top of it. <laughs>
3: See, I wouldn't even eat dressing. Like, I—that's how picky it was. I was like, don't. Oh like, gosh. I couldn't even look at dressing.
0: That's Mayonnaise,
3: don't get me started. Like anything like that, I was just like,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: oh my god okay so for the listeners who don't who do not know what a bear is you mentioned that bears your is your kind of your clientele now um how would you define a bear i mean i think holly and i know what what it is but
3: yeah i mean it's kind of like a self-identified thing um yeah it's basically like a sub community or subculture of the gay lgbt community Um uh, that's typically like bigger bodied men but also, you know, women, non-binary people, trans people, typically bigger bodied and typically hairy. And I and I think it's evolved a lot, you know, over the years. I think it was a real, like, alternative to the stereotypical, like, Chelsea boy, you know, fit body, more feminine. It was kind of like the place that people went when they didn't fit into the gay community. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's... um I didn't start off maybe even looking much like a bear. (laughs) Like I remember I used to go to events and I was starting to do my work in the bear community. And a journalist asked me like, well, why, why is this a community you even are involved in? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't fit the mold at that point, but it's just, I felt more at home in the bear community. Mm -hmm. My husband is a bigger bodied guy, big Italian guy. um, So he always is kind of more of a bear. And then, I've kind of evolved over the last eight years and put on some weight and, you know, grew a beard and stuff. So I'm kind of like, I fit in a bit more now. At the time that I, I found the community, I just found it to be a little bit more open-minded and welcoming. I've since kind of seen, or I, I view it a little bit more as like a high school where it's now there's cliques within that community and there's a lot of judgment mm-hmm. too. And I'm trying to carve out a space within that subculture that's that is inclusive, that... I, so I kind of use bear as just a signal to be like, this is kind of a body positive space where anyone belongs. And doesn't matter what your body size is, but bear is kind of the easiest way to to do that right now.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's been an interesting evolution because I came out whenever I was 18. So I, like ran out of the closet the second I graduated high school. Cause I, I went to a Southern Baptist high school and could have actually been expelled. So, wow. <laughs> so I ran out and then like, you know, just like explored, you know, gayness in Southern Louisiana. And I don't know if it was like this everywhere, but back then, so we're talking 2005 to 2010-ish era. Yeah. Bears at the time, it was kind of a new term. And it was kind of like, ew, like a bear, you know, like a big, you know, because everything was like, I mean, that was the time where like anorexia was cool. And like, you know, the, everyone was super thin, which unfortunately it looks like we might be headed back in that direction. But it was kind of like a an icky thing, and now it's kind of become a cool thing. Like a, a lot, a lot of times in the queer community, it's like, "Ooh, a bear," you know.
3: <laughs> I know, and yeah, yes, and I think it's been a little bit co-opted by groups where it's like, um, you know, like hashtag thick. It became like you know, mm-hmm. just guys who are like muscular, maybe a little bit on the heavy side, but definitely not a bear, definitely not fat. Mm-hmm. Kind of taking over. And on, you know, one of the gay apps like Scruff, it's like now it's a lot like thinner guys. So, I I think you're right, though. I think I think there's been a more welcoming view, maybe to the category of of bear. Yeah, that I think is changing it too. At the same time, do you consider yourself a bear?
0: I don't. I mean, is Cub part of the bear community? I mean, I assume so because you're your coach Cub.
3: Yeah. Okay. That. So that's a good question that I was going to go into. It's I, and okay. I love telling people who don't know much about the bear community all of this. Like I've had like straight cis, you know, female coworkers, and I go, I launch into like all the bear stuff, and I've like send them articles because it's like basically there's all these different subcategories. Yeah. so the bear is kind of just like the bigger hairy you know man and then there's like cub which I go by which is usually like a bit younger a bit smaller you know like a small bear mm-hmm. then there's like you know Asian bears or panda bears there's oh
0: my god I know that one. Ha-
3: you know, older guys who are like polar bears there's, um, oh, wow.
0: I there's otters know these-
3: for people who are like th- a bit thinner but very hairy mm-hmm. um, there's even like giraffes and dolphins like there's a whole animal kingdom yeah, there oh is. Oh, my gosh. To explore, oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> At
0: one point, I was definitely a dolphin. <laughs> What's a dolphin?
2: What's a dolphin?
0: Oh, I was just hairless. I was a hairless. Oh, like, okay, okay,
2: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, what is a dolphin? But
0: I was never quite a twink just because, like, my body was never built to be that skinny. So it was like, I was like a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like, I would say I used to represent as, like, or identify as an otter, but now definitely more of a cub as I've put on weight over the past few years. Um, And I've kind of just been on this body acceptance journey of like knowing that I don't need to be, you know, any thinner, but trying to like mentally wrap my head around that, you know, which it's a journey. And that's kind of...
3: It is. Even for me, it's been that where it's like, I've promoted body positivity for so long. And then it's like Mm over the last few years, I've gained a lot of weight and been like, Okay, I need to walk the, to- you know, walk the walk here and like, mm-hmm. you know, embrace my body and work on all that that part of me, because I've always wanted. I think like, you know, it's always the goal is just like lose weight and be fit. It's like, you know, to me it feels the same way as just like get rich. It's like, okay, well, why? Like, what are we actually aiming for here? Um, so I, yeah, I've kind of embraced my body more too. But I, but I, if I saw you, I'd peg you as like a bear or cub, just. But really? looks. But again, it's self-identified so it's like you could be yeah. yeah, looking like a bear, but it's like, no, I don't identify as that. So, you know, all good.
2: When did you start the Coach Cub business? What year?
3: So, I graduated, or I got like a certificate um, from my coaching school in like 2014. Okay. And at that point my goal was like, you know, I just didn't see a lot of um, the wellness space catering to men in general, just like all men. So that was like my original mission was like, I want to you know, help men. And it was very broad. And I didn't really, at that point I wasn't even thinking bear. It was just like straight men and all types of men. And although they, you know, you go through any kind of training, they're like niche down. And it's like, you know, all these terms are thrown at you. Uh, and I just, it's hard to, cause you don't want to exclude anyone. Yeah. But I had a friend, I was out with a friend who like was kind of a little bit of a mentor for me at the time. And he, he was like really narrowed down so specific. He's like, he's like, for example, like he was, he's like, I'm a black man. I'm a teacher for charter schools and I'm, you know, 30 and blah, blah, blah. He's like that. If I was coaching, like I would, I would go for that group. And it, for some reason, the way he said it, I was like, oh, like I have a community. And I like thought about the bear community and was like, well, what if I just niche down to that? Um, And at that point I was like, I have no idea if they'll care about wellness or care about what I'm doing. And I had my, I got my first male client probably like in like June of 2014. And he was, he was kind of a, he was more bearish than not. Maybe you'll say, but it worked out really well. He saw really great results. I love working with him. And then it just like opened up this whole thing for me to like focus on bears. And that really was like the unlock for me. Cause then I was like, shortly thereafter, I was like, well, what if I go by coach cub and that helped me kind of create a persona. And then I was running like a gay group for men at, the, at that point I was running like a meetup group for, it's like gay men's farmer's market group. <laughs> and we would just like go to, you know, my local farmer market, we'd all shop and then have like a picnic. And it was just like a social event.
1: Yeah, oh, that's fun.
3: Yeah. But then, so then I kind of turned that into like a bare version of that. And then I attracted, I I put on one lunch in like 2015, maybe I put on, you know, I was like, we're all going to eat at like this health restaurant in the city. Um, One person came and I was like, this is a mess. Uh, But the one person who came I think was seeking me out cause he wanted to start a business with me. So he kind of oh. like pitched me on this idea. He's like, well, what if we do like massage classes and, you know, events for bears? Like I've done, he's like, he's done similar stuff, but you know, just for the gay community in general. So he and I created a group and we started putting on massage classes. And then that's where we started adding on, you know, yoga and cuddle piles and all that stuff over the last like six years. Um so, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. But what I learned is, like, there's a lot of people in the bear community who, like, you know, want to work on themselves, want to, like, you know, be part of, you know, feeling good and, and, you know, making improvements to their lives. But, like, they're usually just judged or shamed or just told, like, you have to lose weight, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about because you said 2014 and I'm just thinking about these, like, I feel like all these conversations came out when Lizzo, when Lizzo started becoming popular. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really remember, like, I don't even want to say her name, but like a famous fitness Uh. came out and was like why are we praising Lizzo? Like, she's not healthy at this weight. And so then it was like all these conversations about like, what does health look like? And I'm just curious because like, I feel like you're kind of touching on a lot of that stuff.
3: Yeah. And I just have like a knee jerk reaction to that because (laughs) (laughs) on Facebook, I keep getting these ads for this company that like, it's like you wager money to lose weight it's like the most unhealthy thing in the world and yeah. that person that you're talking about is like the spokesperson yeah and keeps coming up on my on my facebook and i keep writing like ew toxic and like <laughs> but it keeps coming and i'm like oh my god i'm just getting so targeted um but yeah that yeah i remember all of that stuff and i feel i feel like um yeah over the last few years it's been like you know a body positivity movement but then there's been other things sprouting up, like like you know, weight of every size, is also mm-hmm. a little bit more popular. And I think that's kind of where, where I live, of just like the idea that you know, you you can embrace yourself, meet yourself where you're at, and no matter what you're doing, you can find little ways to maybe feel a little bit better. You don't have to like it's my whole thing. It's like no one has to do anything. It's your body, you know. But if you're like, oh, I you know, I want to be a little bit stronger. I want to you know, sleep better or have better sex or just, you know, be happier. It's like, there's little things you can do no matter what, what size you are. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think the goal always has to just be weight loss, you know? So yeah. I try to find other, other ways to kind of, you know, weight loss, may be a starting point. Like some people may reach out to me cause they're like, I really want to lose weight, but then it's always something else. It's always, you know, deeper than that. And it's yeah. more about like confidence and, you know, yeah confidence. Well, like, uh, you know just confidence, but it's like usually its self-esteem is low, and it's like I think yeah. the, the route to feeling more confident is always we're always told it's to lose
1: weight
3: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I've lost weight and I've gained it and I've lost it, and it's like i feel I've never been happier than how I feel right now in my body, because mm-hmm. I'm just like at peace with it, I'm not like j- trying to make it into something just for some external reasons.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. I love what you're doing. Cause I've spent, you know, the past decade working in like, you know, the professional corporate HR space and wellness programs have just like taken over, you know, mm-hmm. and I just hate these like corporate wellness programs and it's not the company's wellness programs, like Virgin pulse and all these like, you know, big, huge conglomerates and like, i would get so frustrated because we would have these challenges and stuff and like literally every single every single thing was about weight loss like weight loss was always the goal i'm like why is this the definition of wellness i was like come on and like bmi they don't even get me started on bmi like it's it's so frustrating
3: do you listen to um the podcast maintenance phase
0: i don't i've never heard of it maintenance Uh, phase
3: maintenance phase i highly recommend it. check it out okay so it's um this guy michael hobbs he has a few podcasts and he has uh, aubrey gordon i think is her name um she's like a self-proclaimed like fat woman around town she calls herself but they they do deep dives on all these wellness topics from like a fat liberation kind of viewpoint like and do like real thorough research so they do they do one on bmi mm-hmm. and just like fully debunk it you know yeah.
0: It's not that hard.
2: No, I know. But they do a lot of other that's, topics.
0: That's, the, that's a frustrating thing. Is that like, it's not that hard to debunk it, but so many people yeah,
2: it. It's funny because um, my, my mom, like she works in at a law firm and like, they have these wellness challenges. And she was telling me, she's like, I really wanted to participate because like the prizes, like she was like, I want to get the prizes. Or sometimes it's like affects your insurance premium, like your insurance, Mm -hmm. like a discount or whatever. And she was Mm -hmm. telling me like, she signed up to do it. And one of the things was like, you track your sleep, but you also track your weight. And she was like, at first, I did not think that was that big of a deal. But then I stepped on the scale the first week. And I immediately was like, she was triggered, which I don't think my mom has ever like used that word ever. (laughs) And she was like, I just thought, how am I going to continue this challenge if I have to weigh myself every week? And then she was like, I'm just going to lie. So she just lied and put that she weighed herself. She's like, I'm not doing that, but I want to, you know, she was like, I'm still going to the gym. I'm still tracking my like sleep, everything else, but I'm not, I'm not going to put myself at, at risk of like an eating disorder, basically. Yeah. Just for, a, it was, I think the prize was like a Amex gift card, something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, like, it really is insane. You know, like but basically when I was, just before I left that kind of political job, my dad actually like did something where he was like, I'll pay you to lose weight. Oh so he God. paid me $50 per pound mm-hmm. to lose weight. And I lost like all this weight because I was just like, I needed money. I was working for a nonprofit. Yeah. I was like, uh, and I actually really wanted a Vitamix, which I still have, <laughs> but I use the money for. But, um, you know, it was very well-intentioned, you know, so if yeah. you listen to it, it's like, I know that he – you know he was just at that point just concerned about my my health but it's so funny because i was probably like 50 or 70 pounds lighter than i am now so it's like i was not very big but i was bigger maybe than compared to what i was like as a kid or my brothers who have very small frames mm-hmm. i lost all his weight and especially towards the end it was just like not healthy it wasn't i wasn't it wasn't sustainable it was like i wasn't sleeping well i was anxious i was eating you know nothing And I lost weight, but then like the problem is when you diet and lose weight, you always gain the weight back and more. And then your metabolism screwed up and it makes it harder to lose weight in the future. (laughs) So it's like Mm -hmm. I really shot myself in the foot. Um, And I think a lot of people fall into that trap. And when you try to gamify weight loss, it's like it's not healthy.
2: Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that your dad offered you to pay because I just listened to, um, cool. the audiobook fatty, fatty, boom, boom by Rabia Shahri, And it's like all about how her culture of being like Pakistani, like all the food they eat and how it coincides with like gaining weight and her relationship with food. And she, her parents also like offered her money per pound that she would lose because she was gaining so much weight. And she talks about like, From the time she was born, like the food, the culture, and her weight. And she talked extensively about. Um, the presidential fitness test, which I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, my <laughs> maintenance phase." Does they do
0: an episode on that? <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna have to listen to that.
2: Yeah, like take the me back fitness test. Yeah, cool? yeah yes. like this. I remember
3: the stretching. You would like yeah,
2: yeah How yeah. far can you stretch between your legs?
0: <laughs> let's let's not teach the kids yoga. Let's just make them feel bad for not being able to stretch,
3: right? Or like Good make God. them run, make them run a lot la- or a mile. I think it was like a yeah. turn a mile.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, her memory was like at the start of that week or however long it is in school, her gym teacher like yelled out her weight. Like, you know, everyone steps on the scale and it's like she weighed, you know, double what her classmates weighed. And I mean, what does that do to a kid in school? Like that is the worst right. thing you can do.
3: Yeah. I don't know why we feel like we can like shame people into Making changes to their bodies and think it's going to be healthy for them. You know, it's like, yeah, that will cause major disorders throughout your life. And I have a lot, I've had a lot of clients from all different cultures, but it's like always the same story. It's like, I've, I, when I first started, I had like a client who was Jewish and then I worked with like Italians and I spent a lot of time in Portugal and different parts of Europe. And it's always the same. It's like the parents like show love through food. Yeah, it's like oh, if you're, you're you're coming over house. You're not eating. You don't love me. They give the kids shit, but then constantly comment on their size. Yeah, and and like tell them they should lose weight. So it's like those are such mixed messages mm-hmm. that yeah. just cause like serious eating disorders.
0: Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but that's very true. Yeah,
3: yeah. Hmm. I mean, I see it because my family wasn't like that at all. Like I grew up. My my husband's from Italy, and you know his family moved here when he was younger, but. um you know we just like i grew up in connecticut it's like waspy family who's like we're not gonna make you feel anything or embarrass you or you know do anything really (laughs) and then his family's just like loud and boisterous and opinionated but and but it is like food is love Mm -hmm. you know and i remember eating starting and they're all really big like his uh tall like my husband's six four i'm five four
1: wow his whole family is (laughs) that size
3: uh so like, they would give me these portions of food and I'm like, what? Like, remember the first time I yeah. ate with them, it was like, I had this huge plate of pasta and I was like, I could barely eat that. And it was like, oh, no, that's just meals. like the starter.
2: Yeah. Their meals are like course after course of like meat pasta. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah.
3: But so it's like, that's happening. But then also they're just being told like, oh, you need to lose weight, you know, yeah. or, or just commenting on people's appearances. You know, I hear from a lot of clients, like, you know, my auntie, every time I would show up at the... Family party, they would just comment on your body. It's like, oh my God, it's anxiety inducing.
0: Well, what's probably not anxiety inducing is your cuddle piles and the other classes <laughs> that you offer. I would I would love to hear about what what these classes are that you offer.
3: I just like I had like a visceral reaction to that because it just I love the cuddle pile so much. That's like that made me feel good. Um yeah, so the cuddle pile. It originated because I my business my former business partner who helped me start the group that I have now, he linked up with these guys who run who live and work at this wellness, gay wellness um resort in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And they put on something called Barrier Soul. So it's like a bear summer camp. And like, you know, they'd come down and do workshops for us. I would go up to do I'd like facilitate stuff at their their camps one thing they did was cuddle piles so they like they essentially taught me how to do it and then i kind of just made it into my own thing and i've been running with it for for a few years it's just an opportunity to explore like intimacy between between people without um the you know like frenetic energy and pressure of sex okay. so it's clothing on it really is not non-sexual i mean there's going to be some sexual energy that comes up. So people mm-hmm. always message me before like, Oh, what if I get an erection or what? It's like, you know, we're not going to shame our bodies or try to like force things, t- you know, to shut down on our bodies. Cause that's counterintuitive, yeah. but the big ground rule is like, we're not going to act on any sexual impulses. So it's like, I, I set it up when people arrive, we go through all these ground rules. And that's, you know, the biggest one is really just like, really not, you know, we're not going to kiss. We're not going to touch certain parts of our bodies. Um and my spiel is, you know, especially if you're a gay man or in the queer community, you can go anywhere for that. Like you can go on an app, you can go to mm-hmm. a sex party down the street. Like there's so many places, especially if you're in New York City, to get that need met. So I want to create a container that's like just um a safe space for people to let their guard down and to explore intimacy. I do a lot of like warm-up exercises and then it's kind of a free for all. It's like, we just create like a puppy pile. It's like, everyone just kind of lays together. They're just gorgeous. Like it's, I've had profound breakthroughs in the pile, you know, where you're just like tearing up or, you know, revisiting memories of childhood. Like a lot of emotions get stirred up. I liken it to like when you're a kid and you, you know, you have a nightmare and you go into your parents' bed and it's like warm and you just feel safe. It's like, it's kind of what's happening. The transformation is, is, is amazing. Like people come into the room, they're all strangers. And then by the end, we're all lying together sharing and people are just like, don't want to let go of each other. People don't want to leave yeah. the room. And a lot of people are saying like, I've never experienced this before. Um, a lot of people need touch and intimacy and they're not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like it's the most beautiful energy. Like you leave and you're like you feel like you're in cloud nine because you you also have all these hormones like the cuddle hormone and you know things pumping through you to make you feel connected. Um, so it's, yeah, that's that's by far my favorite
2: event. So are people love talking
3: that. during it? Uh, talking.
2: Yeah, are they talking during it?
3: So we j- I do like a lot of warm up exercises and there's some talking when that's happening. Okay. But but then we get into like. You know, I'll do like three rounds of like 20 minute sessions. So it's like everyone will lie together for 20 minutes and I'll, you know, ring the bell and everyone gets up and stretches and gets some water and then comes back. Okay. And it kind of depends, like the energy is always a little bit different with the groups. And I've learned to not force things because it's like mm-hmm. in my mind I have an idea of like, okay, this is kind of serious and, you know, very calm. But I've had some groups where it's like, they're a little bit more playful and laughy. Like, it's almost like a, like a slumber party vibe, you know, when you're a kid, when, like, someone starts laughing or talking and everyone's getting silly. So, like, that's happened for sure, where it gets a little bit, like, silly.
1: Um,
3: but usually always toward the end, because you almost kind of get into a trance. It's like, I'm playing this, like, Reiki music on loop. And usually by the end, it starts to settle down. Um, so, m- m- for the most part, people aren't talking. But you may, like you know, ask them, oh, is, you know, is that okay if I do this? Or, you know, you know, my arm is stiff. Can I move my arm? You know, it's like there's some little movements around. Yeah. It is, it is like if you look at a puppy pile of like puppies where it's just kind of like, you know, they're kind of bumping yeah. into each other and what foot's in someone's face and, you know, so yeah, it kind of depends on the, the, the energy of the group. Okay. Yeah. But oh, it's my favorite. And I just, because most people will say at the end, like, can we just sleep here? Or people just want to like stay in the, in that energy. I I decided to extend it by two more hours. So typically it's a two hour event and I'll do it all for yoga beforehand. So it's like some people come to yoga and then stay for the cuddle pile. Um, and then last month I did like a cuddle fest. So it was four, just four hours of the cuddle pile. Wow. It was like a, an intermission where we did face masks um, Oh, fun! and it was great.
0: Yeah. That sounds awesome. Wow.
3: But I've also done um, a sound bath. So I had someone do a sound bath during mm-hmm. the cuddle pile once. Oh, that's nice. That was awesome. And then I also, my yoga teacher, Nirmal, in the city, he's a cellist and he loops music. So I've had him do that as well, like play the cello while we're doing the pile.
0: That's and it's so cool. just like
3: gorgeous.
2: Wow. Wasn't there like a time when... Oh, I'm like having rare memories of like, weren't people being paid to like come over and like cuddle with like non-sexual cuddling.
1: Yeah,
3: it was called Cuddlist. And I, I think it's still around, but yeah, I think it had a little flash in the pan where it was like people were aware of that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, like you would just, someone would literally just come over and like lay with you.
3: Yeah, and I've done that. I've offered some just one-on-ones because some people are like, I don't mm-hmm. like groups. So I have set up some situations are just me and one other person in the studio it's all, which is also nice you know it's like it's just such a human need and we mm-hmm. don't get it enough men don't get it enough people in the queer community don't get it enough it's a lot of like you know sex but without any kind of intimacy involved and I've heard from so many people who are like I just want that part <laughs> you know it's like I really just want mm-hmm. to like cuddle with someone mm-hmm. and I think especially because of COVID it's like people were like really needing it more yeah. more than ever.
0: Intimacy is really interesting because that, whenever you were talking about it, it reminded me of like, I was in a number of like long-term, like two-year relationships back to back in my early years, and then like committed to like at least two years of being single because I was like, I need to like, you know, find myself before yeah. I get back into anything. And during those two years, I was mostly celibate, and I did miss that, you know, intimacy, not necessarily the sex, but, you know, just the physical intimacy. And I remember one time whenever I got a massage, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't been touched in so long. And it wasn't sexual at all. It was just like, it just feels good to be touched and loved by someone, right? Right so yeah i get that that's magical
3: yeah and it's almost like you don't sometimes you don't even know that you need it And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens in the pile or it's like it's almost like you're getting nourished in this way and you're like oh my god i didn't realize you know that i had such a lack of this in my life i wish this became more of a thing because i feel like a lot of people would benefit from it
0: yeah i've never heard of it before so you're definitely doing something new <laughs> I'll come I, down I, to
3: Texas and do it. I've had people ask me to travel. I'm like, I'll go anywhere. To
0: Austin would love it. I guarantee you. I will.
3: We'll, we'll put it on. I think it'd be, it'd be a mm-hmm. lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Austin would be all about it. There's a lot of bears here. <laughs> I'm like, just tell me when. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> I love that. Um, so then you also do retreats. Right. So I would, I would love to hear about the retreats. Those look like a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, that's like my main focus now is um, yeah. I kind of t- it's like I took everything that I've learned from like coaching and running classes in New York for like eight years. And like the natural progression was to put on retreats. And I've been to retreats, like I told you, the bear camp that I've gone to in upstate New York. And I know how transformational they can be just that like long format where you're like, you could really let your guard down and like make strong connections with people and and just work on yourself in ways that you wouldn't normally in like your daily life. Um, so I've been wanting to do that for the longest time, but you know, I've, I've had to deal with a lot of anxiety, I've anxiety disorder and panic disorder. Mm. Um, so a lot of things have been in my way when I try to think of, you know, implementing something in my business, it's like, what mm-hmm. if like, I'll put on cuddle piles and I'll be like, this is the one where someone's going to die. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so worried. You're in I
0: good think, company. You're yeah, fine. Like,
3: <laughs> I think it's bad. you know, like whatever, this it's a bell curve with anxiety. It's like, it does help to some degree, you know, make keep yeah. a check, but um, yes, yeah, so I've been, I've been, you know, a little bit nervous. And, and also I was working full-time jobs and not in the best head space, trying to figure it out. And then um, it was during, COVID that because the other element was that it's hard you know it's expensive to put on a retreat especially in like the New York yeah. area so I was like how am I gonna put on a retreat and ask people to pay us money like I just imposter syndrome blah 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 but then during COVID it was like I think the summer yeah it was like summer 2021 this guy Marcelo who lives he's from Brazil but lives in Portugal he messaged okay. me and was like Hey, I really love what you're doing. Like I would love to become a coach like you for men, you know, bigger body men. So we tried started chatting a little bit. That turned into like audio messages on on Instagram, which are funny because they they can only be like 40 seconds. So you just like <laughs> and like 20. <laughs> um, it's not the most effective way to communicate. But um, yeah, he was he, I was trying to help him. I was giving him ideas of, you know, pointing him in the right direction to start coaching and then out of nowhere he he sent me an audio it's just saying like well what i really want to do is put on a retreat for for bears and i had this idea of making it you know fun and you know welcoming and i was just like well i've been trying to do that forever so we we end up zooming and just kind of like chatting about you know ideas and you know what it may look like and um And then we just kept, we just kept meeting and it was like, okay, we started having fun. Like, what if we do this? What if we like make caftans and then we wear them at the pool and, you know, we're just having fun. And it was like, all right, maybe we should do this. And it kind of was like the perfect way for me to launch a retreat because it was, I didn't have it in my mind. Like I'm doing a retreat and I have to plan it. It was like kind of came about organically, Mm -hmm. but we hit a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to like let my community know and see if anyone's interested. And I had some people who said they would want to come. So we eventually just, I I landed on the name that I created as camp bear hug. So that's the the name of their retreat. Mm -hmm. And we put on our first one in September of 2022. So it was just like the universe kind of brought all these people together. Like it felt like everyone who came to the retreat as guests and then all the people who worked at it, including our chef, like all were meant to be there and everyone got out of it, what they're meant to get out of it. And like serious lifelong friends were made. It's so like yeah. the guy from the UK I was telling you about who now I'm now hung over because of he, he came to my retreat
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. and
3: he already like for new years, he visited like our yoga teacher in Madrid. And then he came to New York and we did like a whole camper reunion with all the guys here in like DC cool. and New York. And it's just like validation that, you know, it's, I'm on something or, I mean, the retreat format works well and it's just yeah. the right people came so, yeah, that's kind of how that was born. And it's really like fun summer camp vibes with some like, you know, a body positive element to it. But it's not like, you know, very um, serious and we're going to sit down and cry all the time. It's like m- the way I explain it is like, you know, it's some fun summer camp. We're going to explore like the be- you know beaches in Portugal and the culture and go to wineries and have fun. And then maybe then we'll have like a workshop where we open up about. Our body image and our experiences, and maybe mm-hmm. some people will cry, and then we'll go to the pool and listen to Beyonce and swim around naked. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's just a mix of that, and and that's what it was. It was like we offered some workshops, and we had you know a bear dance class where, or my friend Denise who lives in Portugal, he taught us belly dancing and ballet and modern my dance, friend. and and we just had like a silly fun time. Yeah. yeah, and by day two, people were like, okay, same time next year, and I'm. You know, it's like, OK, you know, people are liking it. And I have a serious connection to Portugal. I've been there like many times and I have a lot of f- close friends are there from there. So I know the culture well and it's become a trendy country. So it's just like all the elements came together. So now I'm continuing on with those. So I'm going to do two two camps this year. So I'm going to do one in July wow. and then one in September, both in Portugal the July one's like summer camp and then the September one is like a wine themed one. Um, wow. and I know someone who likes wine, who's kind of a bear. Um, but, uh, <laughs>
1: right? so fun.
3: But yeah, it's basically it going to be like, um, a way to explore, you know, like the culture of Portugal and the beauty and the nature and history through wine. Um, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to differentiate the camps so that people have different experiences. Um,
2: I think it's like I went to a writer's retreat um, in New Mexico last summer. And like one thing I did not consider because that was the first kind of retreat I'd ever been on is that it's really not it's almost like not even about like what you do during the (laughs) retreat. It's literally the mental aspect of you like just showing up and being open to whatever happens there. And like you putting the rest of your life aside. And it's like, if everyone does that, the experience is just like, like you said, it's like magical. Like.
3: Yeah, it's, that's completely right. It's like, I kind of understood that, but I still felt pressure of like, well, I'm going to have to like entertain everyone and. Yeah. Everything's definitely perfect. And we you know whatever. And you know, there are bumps along the way. Like I had some w- weird, silly stories of like, I got. The group lost in like the backwoods. And I read of these two massive vans. I'm driving a nine seater van around Portugal. And like the house I got was like in the backwoods. And you know, like little things happen, but um, it's kind of like uh, planning a wedding is what I realized. It's <laughs> like people are coming because they want to have fun. So it's like you have to set it up enough that so it's like there's like. Food and you know people are happy enough like their needs are met, but then outside of that like people are bringing their energy and they want to have fun and they want to connect. That part was easy. I was like I didn't think it'd be that easy for people to just like connect, (laughs) but like people are best friends now. And I
1: love
2: it. Yeah, I think it's just like so many. I feel like the average person just does not like set aside time like for themselves. So it's like. Spending the money is a commitment, booking the the trip or Mm -hmm. paying for the tickets, whatever. I feel like that is like them making a commitment. And then it's like, well, you know, at the place I went, we had no cell reception, no internet. So it's like, you you know, no bringing your laptop and try and work like you're, you're here whether you want to participate or not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. It's kind of like, we're just... We're not used to that, especially as adults. It's like you don't have that kind of playtime where it's just like you wake up and you know, like I love the idea, I, like quality time is my love language. So it's like wake up and you know you're not who you're gonna eat breakfast with, and you know, every time yeah. we drive to the beach, like everyone gets in the same seat in the van, and you know, all these little moments are happening, like even unbeknownst to me and my co-hosts, it's like, you know, so many little conversations are happening and People are supporting each other and really like seeing each other for who they are mm-hmm. and feeling supported, you know. And and some beautiful things happen. Like I tell this one story that, um, like one guy just like didn't take a shirt off at the pool, and he's never really taken a shirt off in public. And you know, we went to the beach; he didn't take his shirt off. And then we, after mm-hmm. the beach, went to this lagoon where we all swam. And like half, most of the group went in the water we're all swimming. And then all of a sudden you see this guy come out with like my co-host into the water and he had his shirt off. And it was like, I've never been like more proud of somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then when we left, because we then did a few days in Lisbon and then he stayed on and like he sent us a video of him in the hotel pool this shirt off. Like we're not oh, with the group. And gosh, it was just like, yeah. like that made it all worth it. You know, That's it's amazing. like, and, I, and it really comes down to just like, you know, being in a group that's really supporting you. Mm-hmm. You know, people who yeah. are who are your friends but aren't really your friends who give you shit and
1: mm-hmm. you know, people
3: who want to like build you up. Um so yeah, so many little moments like that are happening. I think because you're kind of out of your your autopilot and you're like in a different totally. environment.
2: That's so cool. That's
0: very cool. I love that you're that you're doing what you're doing. Well, we have kept you for an hour so far. Um, is, there, is there anything we didn't ask you that that you were curious to talk about? Hmm.
3: I don't think so. Those great questions. I'm like, I, it's funny. You don't, I mean, you both probably have felt this way too. It's like you've, you've, you're doing so much work on your business and in life and you get to a point and, and humans adapt to things really fast. So we kind of just get used to where we're at. And it's like, when you start to reflect on what got you here, you're like, oh my God, like I've done so much and had to push through yeah. so much anxiety and met so many great people and been supported by so many people. So I love I love doing that. And a lot of your questions helped me reflect yeah. on that journey.
2: I think it's really interesting because... Um, you know, we're recording currently for our second season. And when Derek and I recorded for the first season, we noticed a lot of themes in the conversations that we were having. And for first season, I feel like a lot of people were saying, you know, they're searching for things that light them up. That was sort of our, what we noticed, Mm -hmm. but you're the second interview that we've had for season two. And our first guest that we interviewed also said she was having physical signs of anxiety insomnia that her job wasn't working. So when you said that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, maybe this is going to be like the new thing. Like everyone's going to tell us like my body was telling me no.
3: <laughs> yeah. And then you can get sponsored by like Xanax or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> uh, that's
3: that was, I got on Lexapro and that changed my life.
0: Same year.
1: That's, <laughs> oh that's my my drug
0: of, that is my drug of choice for sure. Alex, so. Honestly, like I,
3: <laughs> so during, during COVID or actually it started before COVID. So it wasn't pandemic related. I started having a really severe panic attacks. Like yeah. I always had them and the you know, anxiety attacks, but it was like, I was sitting the point where it's like, if I walked from my apartment to like CVS 10 minutes away, I'd have a panic attack halfway and I would just like yeah. have to run. Like it was just like my life, things were getting small, um, and all the while I was planning this retreat. So I was just like, how am I going to f- like, at it, flying flips me out, you know, being responsible of other people's experiences flip me out. So it's like yeah. somehow is was pushing through that. And it's just like, you know, eventually, and it's actually, this maybe bring us full circle to like your body prepares yourself for what's coming. So it's like from pushing myself to put on the retreat, even though I couldn't see how it was going to happen. And at the point I was mentally not really ready to do it. I think that forced me to start taking steps with my own health again. Uh, cause I kind of disregarded a lot of my health and like over the summer I got on a CPAP machine cause it turned out I had severe sleep apnea. I had no idea. And then I hit a point where it was like, my medication just really was not doing the trick. So I found a new psychologist and got on Lexapro mm-hmm. and that like completely changed my life. And I like was able to fly to Portugal. I didn't have a panic attack on the plane. I was able to like put this whole thing on, um, you know, growing up or even in my twenties, especially in the wellness industry, like people would stigmatize medication and you would hear like, mm-hmm. just
0: eat food. Oh, yeah, it will
3: solve your problems. It's like, I tried, I've tried everything. Yeah. So it's like, I finally found something that actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think it was preparing for the, the retreat that got me, pushed me to, to like clean up my, my room and my mental space oh, yeah. to be able to put it on.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, it is interesting how life does that. My, mine was the pandemic, because the, when COVID hit, I was very intertwined in my HR job at the time. And it was like, I was battling my personal feelings about the pandemic and specifically my employer, not like prioritizing the health of our employees. They were prioritizing... Finances, right? Like a lot of companies okay. were. Yeah. And so I was having to deal with like, I was in like literally every single like COVID planning meeting and it was just like chaos. And meanwhile, I'm just worried about like the world and like, you know, and then, you know, I got online, went to start, start seeing a therapist and got on Lexapro and, I would say got on Lexapro and then maybe like two or three months later, put in my resignation with, you know, and started getting for all Humans. So
3: good for, oh my God. I right. freaking love yeah. that. Good Good yeah. for you.
2: God. Yeah, okay. Crazy. Lexapro, really, they may need to send us some cash. I mean, right. Just, <laughs> that story is right here. Like.
3: I love that. Yeah. I love celebrating people leaving jobs
0: that don't serve them.
3: It's like, right.
0: Yeah. I do too. And a lot of our guests have done that. That has yeah. definitely been a trend in our guest.
3: Yeah, and my so I was, told you earlier, like I got laid off from my job. It was two weeks before I was gonna, going to Portugal. So I was mm. like, I was about to leave for Portugal and then I had another trip lined up to Hawaii. Got f- essentially terminated, fired, but they're like it's termination, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then three days later I got COVID for the first time.
1: <gasps> and oh I had, like pushed
3: out my flight in Portugal. So it's like, the, you know, that's another theme of like when you try to do something big, it's like the universe just like slaps you. It's like, no, nope. and then you have to push through it. Right. It's like, yeah, everything gets, gets thrown at you. Um, but yeah, I, am a huge proponent of leaving
0: jobs. I am too. Yeah. That's it. We've we've been inspired by a lot of people doing that through through all of our interviews. For
2: sure. <laughs> I want to be a larger proponent of leaving jobs, but I currently can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's that, a huge
3: caveat. It's like you know we, we're not in a position where you could always do that, and it's not always the smartest thing to do. But right. But I but I think trusting your trusting your body and you know your intuition of knowing when it's time to at least start looking for another job. Or, yeah,
2: like, I definitely think like putting it into perspective. Like, that's something like I'm always doing almost daily, like reminding myself, like, this is not the end all like this is yeah. to an end right now. Um, But yeah, I definitely think I think about it a lot. Lexapro.
0: oh my gosh well john where can people find you
3: yeah so on instagram um that's like my my social media platform of choice um it's at coach.cub so coach.cub my new website i just launched which is like my new home and i'm obsessed with it is coach coachcub.com so those are like the two best places. And if you go to the website, it has, um, I have my podcast there. I have information on my camp bear hug, um, retreats and my classes in New York. And then I also do virtual classes too. So like I, um, we run mama bear meditations. I have a mama bear, uh, my friend who lives up in Maine, she runs meditation classes for us. Um, we've done some, like some other online classes, but a lot of people want to do in-person stuff now. So Mm -hmm. most stuff's in New York, but, um, Yeah, maybe I'll go on tour and do Cuddle Piles a town near you.
1: So hit me up,
3: DM me. I always love, you know, meeting new people. So, you know, get into my DM, say hi, and um,
0: yeah, we'll take it from there. I love it. The website looks great, by the way. I was looking at it earlier. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Cuddle Piles around the world. (laughs) I love it.
0: Sounds like everyone needs them. Yeah, that's my goal. i love it they're they're so cool well thank you so much it was it was such a pleasure to meet you officially and thank you for coming on
3: oh my god this is the highlight of my day this is great it was nice to meet you both and i'll have to have you guys on my my podcast soon because i'm refocusing on that so you guys also inspire me to to get out there and keep recording
0: i mean we get it it's a lot of work you know like good god I, i don't think a lot of people recognize how much work it is to no. do anything but like podcasting people are just like oh you know you're just, you're just talking no I mean there's a lot of stuff the producing oh. is, the, is the hard part
3: right? oh totally like I launched mine during COVID and it was like I'll do this and then I did like 10 episodes I was like I can't keep up with it you know it's yeah. like just, yeah. just stressful so mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot of work so good on, good on the two of you for your first season two
0: yeah yeah we wrapped up season one and on to the next season and just we're taking like a break on production Action right now so it's it'll be nice to like get ahead of it before we launch the next season
3: fabulous well i'm honored that you guys had me on
2: yeah good of luck course. with your your hangover you gotta be ready
3: (laughs) thank you I feel like this cured it so I'm feeling good Good. I mean
2: I saw you had I'm assuming like a liquid IV of some sorts and then you had a Gatorade I'm like wow you are really like replenishing yourselves
0: (laughs) we'll take the credit but that was probably
1: it
3: was both it was the company the energy
2: and the electrolytes Yeah.
1: yeah oh my gosh thank you
0: so much for taking the time to listen Holly, where can people find you?
2: They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at orangejulias7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you?
0: So I am on Instagram with my personal account at yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for yoga for all humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And, of course, YogaForAllHumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Hour or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com.
1: Cheers! Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday!